Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leishman to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here is Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to the show, it is Inside the Ropes, episode 90. Last time I did Inside the Ropes was about episode 71. Uh, great to be here, there's no Mark Hayes. He is taking a well-earned break after just churning out that much content in the last two or three weeks. But Martin Blake has soldiered on and is alongside me uh, in the studio. Lovely to see you, Gazelle. Good to be in the seat, Andy. Good to see you upright. It's been a busy couple of weeks. Very busy and very good. It's been some terrific golf. Uh, congratulations, by the way, before I start. I wasn't able to work on either the Vic Open or the women's or the Super 6 uh, to sit back and watch it all play out uh, with the amount and quality of the coverage that everybody involved, particularly from a Golf Australia perspective, has produced. A uh, credit to you and the team, Greg Oakford and Hazy and the whole team should be really proud of the way that um, you've kept those of us who weren't able to be there across all the bits and pieces as they unfolded. It's, um, it's, been, a, it's been a big couple of weeks. Yeah, I think we, we covered off on the uh, ISPS, ISPS hand at Vic Open last week, but the Women's Open, uh, you know, it, it was very successful again. And I know for a fact that the LPGA Tour were really happy with it. The crowds were terrific, mm-hmm. particularly on the last day. And we got a great winner in Nellie Corder. Mm. Yeah, she's she's something special. So just before I get you to tell me more about her story, can I just say one thing? And this is where, where the pats on the back will stop. Um, I know a lot of people had a um, had a hand in the production of it, but Justin Falcon, who's been on our show, part of the team here, of course, at Inside the Ropes. If you haven't seen the video clip that he produced of Kari Webb getting the kind of the um, feedback from her contemporaries, many of them two and three or probably two generations behind her uh, on the factory floor of Australian golfers. Uh, Absolutely magnificent piece. Superb eight or nine minute piece that was produced as she sat there and watched the testimonials coming her way. Um, I don't know how she didn't well up because I reckon most of us she did well up, I believe. Did she? Yeah. uh, I think they were expecting her to cry, but she made a concerted <laughs> effort not to. But uh, what a great it piece! Was, it was. It did touch her, and I I'd absolutely recommend people have a look at that. You'll find it pretty easily on on the um, YouTube site or or uh, Easy you know, Golf Australia website. Um, it, it's brilliant, and it was twenty five years since the first mm. appearance by Carrie Webb. As it happened, uh, she rocked up on the first day and shot sixty seven. And was right in the mix. She wasn't able to sustain it, which is pretty much where she's at now as mm. a part time player. It's pretty hard for her. You know, she'd had one good round at 13th Beach as well, but exactly. um, she can still play good golf, just maybe not sustain it for a full week against seasoned pros who are practicing and, and playing week week after week. But that video uh, is very moving. And, uh, you know, some of that uh, stuff, Andy, it means a lot to carry the stuff that she does with the, the young female mm. players who come through. It's uh, the Carrie Webb Scholarship and 
this has been going on for years now. There's there's been a number of the the young girls, amateur girls, go over and stay with her and go to a tournament with her and stuff like that. Going back to Suo and Minji Lee and and Stacey Keating, Peter, Peter uh, Peters. Um, you know, they've, they've all, all the best players have gone and done it. And she, it really means something to her. It's not just slip service. She, um, she absolutely loves doing this stuff now and seeing those, those girls come through and, and they, they're starting to roll through. Now. Does Greg Norman do the same sort of thing with uh, uh, young Australian up and comers coming through his place in Florida? I think or that he, to be fair to Greg, he, he did mentor Adam Scott, mm. you know, to some extent. Uh, I'd just be interested to see some of the mentoring tips that uh, Shark would pass on to the young fellows who might come through his uh, compound. Teach them how to get the shirt off. <laughs> Cut down some bamboo with axes and all sorts of stuff that he does on his property to stay fit. That would be interesting <laughs> to see the life skills that they'd learn if he was doing the same sort of thing. Um, so you mentioned uh, the quarter legacy uh, at the Australian Open. It is uh, it is emerging and growing, and it's a terrific story. It, it's quirky, isn't It's it? great. It really is. Yeah, so we're, we're, uh, we're taking into account – Tennis opens and golf opens, obviously. So uh, they are actually the first pair of sisters to win the Women's Australian Open mm. golf. Uh, but, of course, their father, Peter, won the Australian Open tennis in 1998. So, uh, And last year, Sebastian, the brother, won the boys' championship at the Australian Open tennis. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, right. That's that's right. So yeah. it's, actually, it's actually four of them. And uh, Peter, when he spoke on the phone to... Nelly on Sunday called it the quarter slam. So it just it was just a, a quirky little thing that, you know, actually at the start of the week there was a press conference with Nelly and uh, she was asked about it. Everyone in Australia always asks about it. Oh, can you repeat <laughs> what the others have done? And she said, oh, well, whenever they talk about it, I feel so left out. So no longer because 17 under par Nelly quarter at 20 years of age, she shot 26 birdies for the week, Andy, and she, she led by three going into the last day and then went out and just blew the course apart, shot 67. Yep. Uh, no one was going to catch her. I mean, actually, Jin Young Ko, last year's winner, got pretty close in the end because she shot 64, but quarter was brilliant. I watched her quite a bit during the week. She's very tall and she's got the long levers, as, you, uh. as, as they say, for golf. She hits it miles. Oh, she she was uh, outstanding. Um, the she she had the as you said she had that lead, so it was going to take something pretty phenomenal to chase her down, particularly when she comes out and produces the last round that she did. Mm. Uh, often we overlook those that run second and third in these sorts of tournaments, but the chase was pretty impressive. I mean, she doesn't get the result, no. but to close with a round like that. Uh, that was that was an outstanding round of golf. Jin Young Ko is number ten in the world yeah, now. Phenomenal. So when she won the Open last year at Kuyonga, it was her first big win, you mm. know, on the LPGA Tour. She then went on to be Rookie of the Year and get to number ten in the world. She's going higher. Mm. She's going oh, higher. Yeah. She, no, the shots she hit into sixteen, and then the shots she hit into eighteen to make birdies when she really needed to. I mean, there was just a moment, Andy. Uh, Corder made a bogey at the fifteenth hole where she pulled it left to the green and ended up. It was, you know, she only made two bogeys for the day, but that, that just sort of left the door open a little bit because Jin Young Ko was scoring. Then she birdies 16. Then she hits it to three or four feet on the 18th, and you sort of think, well, mm. it, it's possible. She mm. got within two, and then the the the, uh, the door slammed shut on 17 really when quarter hit two beautiful shots. The second shot, iron shot, straight over the top of the flag at number 17, par four, and then rolls the putt straight in, left to right, downhill, bang, oh, game over. Yep. So she was two in front going down the last. She just had to keep it in play, which she did. Made a par and uh, wins the Women's Australian Open. So A couple, couple yeah. of Australian challenges early, stuck their nose. Kari, you mentioned Hannah Green, got her, no her nose in the frame. 
uh, but nothing materialised from a local perspective? No, well, in the end, uh, Hannah Green and Sarah Kemp finished tied 10th. They were the leading Australians. Minji Lee finished t- uh, tied 15th without mm. even playing anywhere near to no. her best. Her putting, watched her quite closely, her putting just not on, and Kari finished 38th. Area Jatanagar was interesting. She struggled the first two rounds, um, or the first round at least, ended up finishing 41st, the world number one. But she's quite an awesome sight. She mm. carried a lot of spectators around with her yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. all week because people have worked out that she's worth seeing with that three-wood off the tee that goes past uh, Minji Lee's crazy. driver. Yeah. So, no, it was, a, it was a really good week in Adelaide. Again, Adelaide embraced the event, the crowd's... Fantastic. The LPGO were wrapped with it, and we got a really good winner. A story that really went around the world. It's a bit of a story, this. You know, the week before at 13th and the Women's Australian Open in Adelaide, There's this is part of the build of these um, tournaments, not only the quality of the fields that we're getting to the events, but the way they are being embraced yeah. by the two local um, communities that uh, yeah. call them home these days. It's becoming part of the kind of narrative around uh, the two events. Well, probably with the women's open, you know, it was in Melbourne before that and it, it had good fields mm. and, and we played at beautiful courses. The event got lost in the in the whole kaleidoscope of sporting events that occur in Melbourne. It just got lost a bit. Whereas in Adelaide, it, it's a big deal. Mm. And, and look, that, that works nicely for us. I think uh, the fact now that we're going to have a swing of two events, it's going to help. Uh, a lot of people, Kate Burton, the commentator, uh, ABC commentator, mm. had a big go at uh, during the week at the LPGA players for not uh, coming in big numbers or, or the best LPGA players not coming in, in big numbers to 13th Beach because of the equal prize money situation. Yep. She felt that uh, this was an opportunity for them to make a statement if they're trying to get a fairer uh, treatment in yep. terms of prize money. They should be turning up at that event because of the... It's a really good point. The, you know, but... but I reckon next year, they didn't announce the uh, Vic Open co-sanctioning with LPGA until, I think, end of October. Quite late, yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the players were committed. I reckon next year you're going to see more mm. of, the, of the top well, players will, will come, in particular some of the Asian players, um, you know, the NB Parks and so on news. So uh, I think the fields will get stronger next year and, uh, you know, they're, they're strong as it was. It was four of the top ten in the world in Adelaide and I think – say eight out of the top 20. So they're strong fields and, and great events. Sport for golf. We've been the last couple of weeks here in Australia over in Perth. The um, Super Six, you know, the knockout um, match play stroke event combination, which I think now that we've seen it kind of streamline itself a little bit, there was still 11 players that had to um, make their way off to a playoff to get the last 10 spots of the field, which was remarkable again. Um, but we see... And it's an interesting winner, given where we might go next. But Ryan Fox, at his 79th European Tour start, gets his first win, uh, his 10th top 10. Incredibly popular winner, obviously. In good the player, Aust- isn't he? Yeah, he's a good player. And there's another point about it. He's not just a good player. He's a quick player, which we might have a chat about in a moment. But So is Nelly Corder, by the way. Well, there, I had, I well, there you go. That. No, yeah. you should have. Yeah, mm. We should actually applaud. Mm. Rather than stare, at, stare down the slowies, we should applaud the quick ones. But there was a moment... Um, in the final against Otto Egwi, where I reckon Otto Egwi's ball had not come to stop on one of the greens. And Ryan Fox had already played his shot from the other side of the fairway. Oh, wow. So that's how, I mean, he just gets over it and pulls the trigger. There's no mucking around. And a little bit of the Matty Jones stuff. There's a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, and it challenges 
TV coverage because you've got to be quick yeah. on the other. You've got to get your camera cut quickly or you're going to miss his shot. But that's kind of by the by. He's been emerging as a he player who, with whom to be recognised and reckoned, I should say. And now he's being recognised and that, that sets him up for the next couple of years and just elevates him to the next category of players on the European tour. He hits at miles too. He does, yeah. He's 66 in the world. So he hits you, his three-wood beautifully. Like he's yeah. Henrik Stenson-esque with his three-wood. He, nuclear three-wood. Yeah. Well, he's 66 in the world. So, you know, he's not that far away. Like he's one decent week away from getting in the, in the 50, mm. which gets you into the – WGCs and the majors. So that's probably the next step for him. I mean, Woo Lee was interesting, Andy, getting into the top mm. five in, what is he, fourth, Beautiful third, third tournament? Beautiful player. This is really big for him again. He's picked up 32,000 euro for that performance. I'm led to believe that he's going, he may well change tack. You know, we spoke a few weeks ago mm. about how he's desperate to go and play in America or he wants to go through the web.com. He's got some status on the web.com. He wants to go through that and get onto the PGA Tour. But he's now had two good finishes in Europe, and I believe that well, this is this is an opportunity for him. He's going, I believe, he's going to play in Oman in the Oman Open. Brilliant! In a couple of weeks' time, he's only one or two strong finishes away from playing himself onto the European Tour, uh, like Lucas Herbert did did last year. And uh, his world ranking, I just <laughs> looked this up this morning, Andy. He's up six hundred places this <laughs> year. He's three hundred one in the world. He was nine hundred and something. Oh, yeah, right. So you know, he's he's twenty fifth. On the uh, race to Dubai standings as we speak. So he's got to think about that. I mean, maybe he sticks with his plan as regards going to the States. So I know that Minji's sister obviously lives there, so he's got somewhere he can go and live. And I think that's always been the plan, try to go to the States. But it's not a bad backup plan. Oh, it's a great backup plan. We're going to speak to Matty Miller in a moment on the show who's got another – he's got one of his really big tournament opportunities sitting in front of him. But you think about – I was just thinking about um, Min Woo and somebody like Lucas Herbert, uh, when you compare them to the man we're going to speak to in a few moments, he's so ballistic. Um, he only needs to have you – know, once he works a bit more of it out, he's only going to need to have six or seven good weeks a year, Min Woo Lee. Uh, he's such a natural – and this might he might moderate this a bit the older he gets, but he's just such a natural um, birdie hunter. He – goes low. He wants to shoot low and he wants to take on shots and he wants to take on golf courses. Yeah. He, and he's so gifted. I mean, he hits the ball so beautifully when he's when he's got it going that he only needs to have six or seven good weeks a year to put himself in the kind of position that you're talking about. It's... Golden era? Uh, well, he's right in the mix, you know. Have you seen the stinger that he hits? It's unbelievable. I was watching him at uh, Royal Sydney oh a couple goodness. of years ago in the Australian Open. Yeah. It was... The course was too small for him. Yeah. He, he had to hit that club a lot yeah. because he couldn't he couldn't afford to hit the driver and um in fact he was plotting what he was doing that tournament. He was playing with a fellow who came out of his name, I'm not gonna remember, but the world's longest driver. Yeah. Remember that year the American Jamie bloke? Shedlowski. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. And yeah. he was now of course that American bloke is trying to play proper golf. He's not trying to hit it four hundred and thirty yeah. y- yeah. yards. But Minwoo with the driving iron, with that one iron or whatever it is that he's got, was Ball by ball with Jamie Schledlowski or Schlodlowski, or I do apologise, yeah. Sadlowski. Uh, he was side by side with Schledlowski. That'll do. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get some. Um, we'll get some correspondence. It'll strain us. he's a beauty. You know, he, he's. Um, it's interesting. He's a different personality to Minji, yep. his sister. You know, he's more outgoing mm. and, and he's more. Uh, Gregarious, I suppose, and the way he plays his golf is a bit different. Mm. You know, Minji's 
uh, quite steady and cautious and Minwoo just he just goes for it and he, he could shoot sixty three and he could also make a few mistakes. There you go. Yeah. Um, so we we use Ryan Fox as a leaping off point to um, finish off our wraparound uh, from the week that was. Uh, we'll finish on the PGA Tour over at Riviera. I sense you're going to get fired up. Well, unfortunately, point. somebody's got to have a rant, and it's not. Mm. Ha- there's no, no hazy, hazy here today. Uh, well, JB Holmes is already in. Um, in the Roger Bannister, he was like second or third uh, cab off the rank into the Bannisters. He's now become the first life member. Yep. He is the first life member. I'm proud to announce uh, on this program, episode number 90, that we have the first life member inducted into the Roger Bannister files. It's him. He, he plumb-bobbed Blakey. I saw this. He plumb-bobbed from eight inches. I saw this. He was I wonder what b- he saw. <laughs> And I've seen Nathan Green and a few of the boys oh. locally have taken the absolute you-know-what out of him he, as a result. Being Aaron Townsend. He is being smashed on, on oh. social media. So so what he did, I can't remember what it was, like the eighth or ninth. I can't remember what hole it was on now. But he, um, he, 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 he it's his turn up. He's playing with Adam Scott and uh, Justin Thomas. It's his turn up, right? So Scotty has – they're both played. He's the third – man away on the green for the first putt. So they both played. Then JB Holmes decides, oh, well, out comes the green reader. Out comes yep. the book. Now I'll go through my entire pacing back and forth, looking at it from both angles, reading the green book, trying to get the arrows to point me in the right direction. It took him about two and a half minutes once he was up to actually address the ball. Now, the bloke's he hasn't come down the last hour. Why he hasn't done all of that while Thomas and Scott are lining up their putts is beyond belief. I mean, he should yeah. know about this. Well, etiquette says that he, he does. He should know this, mm. but he doesn't. It takes him about two minutes to do the rest, get over the ball, knock the first one past, which, as I said, goes past about a foot. He sees it go past the hole, so he knows what's coming back. It was a straight, flat putt. Then he does the plumb ball, which is just embarrassing. At that point in time, you know what should have happened? One of the, it took five and a half hours to play that last round, which unfortunately isn't altogether uncommon on the PGA Tour. As he did that, one of the rules officials, the referee should have walked out with a red card, whatever, however they want to do it, and go, Mr. Holmes, one-stroke penalty yeah. for, bringing, for slow play, bringing the game into disrepute, destroying the game for people who want to watch it, enjoy it, and maybe be welcomed into it. It was, it, it was dreadful. It's got and, to uh, point, and people all over the world now are starting to publicly stand up and say and use the vision of that and say this is beyond the pale. Well, fortunately for Matty Miller, who we're going to talk to later, who's playing in the World Golf Championship in Mexico this weekend, fortunately for Matty, um, JB Holmes not playing this week. Well, there you go. So uh, I would hate to play with him. Uh, Adam Scott was asked about it later, and mm. he's he's been quite outspoken about slow play recently, Scotty, and he said, well, nothing's going to happen about this until the sponsors or the TV networks come forward and say, well, we're not having it anymore. But uh, what, is it, what does Scotty want him to do? Well, so it's, they, they can't, money means nothing to these blokes. Like, giving them a $2,500 fine. Well, Holmes himself said that, you know, he was asked about it later, which it's good that the journos are asking him, and, the, and, and some of the commentators were onto him, weren't they? Mm, they were. Um, but... He said, well, hang on, you know, it's pretty difficult out there. The greens are fast. Fair We're enough. playing for a lot of money. Yeah, well, you've got plenty of money, mate. Mm. He's got more money now than he could spend for the rest of his life, JB Holmes. Mm. Yeah, you are playing for a lot of money, but it doesn't mean that you're allowed to treat the game 
with the disrespect that um, well, unfortunately players, gets, isn't it? Of course it's, it is. Yeah. But they've got to come out and start, okay, this has reached a critical point now. Five mm. and a half hours is a joke. Yeah. Like Scotty said from a TV perspective, we are starting now to dock your shots. It's as simple as that. We're going to call you. Uh, and we're going to start talking. So Scotty Hand was pointing out on Twitter that he routinely plays in groups or behind a group where they get two holes behind the field. Routinely this happens, according to Hand's tweet. So nothing, nothing gets done. Happens. Nothing gets done. No, mm. nothing gets done. So JB Holmes wins the tournament. Good luck to him, but uh, we've all got to be a bit better than that. Um, anything else before we get Leish, to... Uh, Leishman finished oh, tied fourth there. He yep. finished strongly. Adam Scott didn't finish strongly. Uh, he oh. actually had a chance to win that. And oh, I, th- I heard you speaking on radio, uh, I think on Monday, about mm. the frustration there. I think he got within one uh, oh, he, he, in yeah, the final absolutely. round. Yeah. Justin Thomas had that double bogey and yeah. went, the three-shot lead was cut to one. And then Scotty went bang, bang. Hadn't looked like missing a putt with a flag in, which seems to have been a bit of a revelation Even for him. Even from close range he's yeah. using it, isn't But it? then he missed two shorties in a row on eight and nine and you could just see the confidence drained from him, and I think he was four over the back, and you know, four bogeys. Ended up shooting seventy six. Yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, I mean, it's sort of glass half full, glass half empty. He's playing better, no doubt. Clearly, isn't he? He's had two good results recently. Uh, I'm led to believe that he's travelling with his family, which previously he sort of leaves the family and then goes and then tries to get back home and then goes again. You mm-hmm. know, on the road, he's trying to he's bring the family with him, which is something uh, a little bit new. They've got two two little kids, the Scott. You know, Scott and his wife, Marie. So uh, that's working well for him. Mm. Uh, he just didn't finish well the other day, unfortunately. And unfortunately, it was the old sort of uh, chestnut that, that that jumps up. You know, you, you just wonder, he, he's wrapping his left uh, sort of forearm around mm. the, the shaft of the putter and he's got a slightly longer than standard putter. But, Matt uh, Kuchar thing. Is it, is, it a, you know, is it a placebo well, effect? Well, it looks like... Wonder, here's the thing, Blakey. It looks like it's working well enough and then he misses a couple and you wonder what goes on inside the brain. Yeah. Oh, that's not here working. Here I go again. Oh, here I go again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We'll get a break out of the way. This is Inside the Race. Matt Miller, who's uh, going to be teeing it up with the very best in the world, WGC Mexico, starting our time later in the week. And to join us on the other side for a chat about that. The Golf Australia website is now the place to go to look up your handicap and so much more. Whether you're out and about on your phone or in the office trying to avoid work, just go to golf.org.au and punch your golf link number into the box at the top of the homepage. Who knows, maybe that last round was just good enough to put you in single figures. While you're on the site, check out the daily golf results at your club, view our course index for up-to-date ratings, read the latest golf news from home and abroad, listen Listen to Australian golf podcasts and interviews and watch video tournament highlights or tips to improve your game. It's everything a golf tragic could want. Visit golf.org.au today. The home of Australian golf. Welcome back to the show. There's so many good stories uh, around golf in the world and particularly when we focus on the Australians. Uh, everybody in Australian golf, Blakey, is very excited for Matthew Miller who has played in some big tournaments, played in major championships, of course, in the past, but uh, gets the opportunity uh, at 42 years of age to test the waters in a WGC event over in Mexico. And if hopefully he's had a smoother sail through the airport and the traffic and into his hotel room than we have trying to get through to his hotel room through through the, the reception at the hotel. Matty, just please be on the other end when we say hello to you, mate. How are you, guys? Oh, God. We're taking us about 15 minutes to get through reception to get to your room. Uh, what have your experience? Hopefully it's been pretty plain sailing for you as you've got from airport to hotel. Uh, yeah, well, it was interesting uh, the airport. Uh, 
had someone come to the gate and uh, and meet us, which was great. And then uh, as we walked off, uh, heading towards the immigration hall, we stopped probably about uh, 300, 400 metres short of actually getting to the hall. And the queue was, uh, you know, like it was five, six people across in this very narrow space in a tunnel type thing and you oh. couldn't move. <laughs> it was uh, it was unbelievable. I think um, eventually these guys got us out in about an hour. But uh, if we hadn't had that, we would probably been there for three or four hours. I reckon it was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. So, so uh, very grateful for that. We we hear stories about um, how well you get looked after at these uh, WGC events. The person who met you at the airport was it an appointee from the tournament, and and your early experiences of um, you know being greeted and ushered into an into an event like this. What, what's it been like? Yeah, amazing. Um, the person, yeah, was uh, uh, part of the uh, courtesy car team, pretty much, uh, and also a, an airport official uh, to get him in behind the in behind the gates there and uh, and get access to to the gate to be able to come through the international side. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. But um, you know, and from there it only gets better. They they get you through the airport, um, you know, big welcome, and outside you go, and you know, there's your big Chevy truck waiting for you to take you to the hotel, and um, you know you. You get all your stuff in there, and then I'd heard the traffic was pretty bad uh, in Mexico. And then I look in front, and the police bike pulls in front of us, and then one pulls behind us, and uh, they pretty much usher you through all the traffic. Uh, you know, it's about probably half an hour journey. Uh, you know, and probably probably should have been double that. Um, but you know, we're driving along, you know, three and four lane roads, and they're pushing cars to the side. And <laughs> bit of silver <laughs> service. <laughs> Probably, probably looking at the World Golf Championship badge on the side of the truck thinking, gee, that might be Dustin Johnson or Tiger Woods. And then they would have been disappointed when it was me. But... <laughs> Paddy, <laughs> Paddy, our theory, oh, when, when we were trying to get through to before, our theory was that maybe Tiger or Phil or someone staying in that hotel. <laughs> and yeah, not wanting, all the guys like, are here, wanting, Yeah, they're all there? <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, I haven't seen uh, Tiger here yet, um, but pretty much a lot of the, a lot of the big boys are here. Um, Dustin Johnson's floating around, uh, Lee Westwood, and yeah, many more. You know the Fleetwoods, the Hattons, and yeah, all the pretty much all the stars are here. So yeah. Have you seen the course yet? Have you seen the course? Uh, there played a few nice, gi- nice gifts in your locker at the course today. <laughs> yeah, oh, they, you know they've, uh, they they try and do everything for you. They give you invitations to you know um, incredible shows and things to go and see, and um, you know they give you uh, some. Um, uh, scented candle, which apparently is um, uh, uh, must be handmade and and pretty incredible by the sounds of it. Um, so I'm not really sure. I haven't opened it, but uh, you know everything they try, they just try and keep helping you, trying to make dinner reservations for you. You know, for people to put you in the car and take you somewhere. And um, yeah, it's it's quite amazing, really. So, uh, but yeah, you turn up and everything's in your locker, and you know people are trying to carry your bags to the locker. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a different world. Who have you got? Have you gone over there solo? Are you, are you taking your caddy over, I imagine. Have you got much yeah. of an entourage that's gone over there with you? Nah, it's just myself and a uh, good mate of mine, Dave, David Reese. Uh, he lives in Melbourne. He's uh, he's come over and, um, yeah, he does a lot of my a lot of my caddying in Melbourne and Perth. Um, and, uh, yeah, he does. I think he did the Aussie Open for me in Sydney last year. But, um, yeah, so Dave's, Dave's made the trip over and he's certainly uh, certainly enjoying it as well. So he's... He's been blown away by uh, by all the hospitality and and the treatment so far. What he's in the room next door, is he? 
Uh, well, they've put him up in a room. Uh, I think he's on the floor below me. Uh, wow. They put us up for seven nights each, a room each for seven nights. Um, <laughs> it's un- unreal. And the, uh, That's awesome. The, it's a no cut. The rack right? rate's it's about a thousand bucks a night here, I think. So <laughs> I think it's <laughs> only up for a bit. I think it's only sixty-seven players, something like that, and it's no cut, isn't it? Right. So, no cut. No, no cut. No. And no. I looked up the so. minimum prize money or the last place prize money from last year, and it was something like fifty grand, I think. So yeah, I, I bet be you about right, fifty US. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, oh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I played one of these in China in uh, sixteen, um, which I'll get that opportunity again later in October. Um, but I, you know, you, you were treated very well, but uh, I don't think you were treated as well as he is so far. So, Matty, <laughs> it's, uh, what, quite amazing. The, the the mindset that that affords you, as Blakey was just mentioning, you you, know, you, you were yep. talking about. How does that how does that change um, your attitude when you stand on the first tee in the opening round? That it doesn't matter what happens from here. I, I, I'm going to be yep. here come Sunday afternoon. How does that how does that affect the way you attack a, a, a tournament? Yeah, I think it's always good to have that. Um, you know, you sort of—I mean, it's not something that you, you know, that you stand on the first tee of a tournament and think, "Oh, geez, you know, oh, I hope I make the cut." Or, you know, I don't yeah. think you're sort of setting the bar high enough when you do that. But, you know, sometimes if your form's not, uh, you know, really flush on, you can find yourself in that position, you know, throughout that first 36 holes where, you know, maybe. You know, you're playing a tournament where the scoring's really good and you're playing okay, but you're just not quite there. And then all of a sudden you're in that position. So it's nice to, it's definitely more comfortable to not have to worry about that. And of course, you know, with such a big purse as well. So um, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll change the way I um, play as such, but it will certainly be, you know, more of a relief than anything that you can, you know, you can walk away and know that you've, you've had a really good week before you start. So. Yeah, and depending on, you know, I mean, it could be an incredible week and it could be just a really good week. So, um, you know, that's always great to, to have that as a bonus. So the the concept of, you know, you, you've been obviously been in your career best form, arguably through 2018, you know, the way you finished that year with a world golf ranking and the kind of run of top 20, top five um, finishes you had towards the end of the year was just fantastic for everybody who's interested in the game and interested in you to see. The the concept of um, fronting up alongside these guys and challenging your game and the way that you navigate your way around a golf course compared to the way they do, what sort of unique and different challenge does that, um, does that um, challenge you with? Yeah, uh one thing I do like about the course, I've only played nine holes today, um, you know, and play and obviously play 18 tomorrow. But um, I think the golf course here is, um, from what I've seen, I, I quite like it. It's it's tight in a lot of in a lot of areas. You know, the the greens aren't really big. Um, the fair the fairway you've got to you know you've got to drive the ball well. There's a lot of holes where you hit out of a shoot off the tee, and it's very narrow, uh, quite intimidating actually. <laughs> To have trees sort of, you know, uh, hanging off the tee there, and they're, you know, they're 30, 40, 50 metres off the tee, and they're very narrow. Um, you've probably got about a, you know, 10 metre gap to get it through. Um, so I th- that sort of thing will certainly help me, mm. um, not being a long hitter like a lot of these guys, uh, you know. And of course, with the the altitude here, massive altitude, there'll be, by the looks of it, there'll be holes where I'll be able to still hit driver and, you know, pick up some good distance. And I'm looking at some of the holes, thinking a lot of these bigger boys won't be able to hit driver necessarily so uh, I think it's 
it's good for me. Um, but you know, I've sort of got to just worry about my game. But um, you know, the one thing you can be assured of, if you you know, if you want to feature in that top 20 somewhere, you'll have to bring your best work. Um, you know, these guys are, you know, they're the best going around, and you know, and they prove it week in, week out. So, uh, you know, for me, it'll be a, a bit of a challenge to try and to try and finish up there. But uh, you know, I think. You know, if I if I can get my putter going and uh, just control my ball well, I think this golf course will give me a good chance. So, Matty, I wanted to ask you about your golf swing because it's uh, anyone, any of our <laughs> listeners who, who have watched you over the years, you're one of the most consistent players on our local tour, but you do have a bit of a funky uh, swing, including a, a very unusual backswing, which I'd probably call a little bit furikish in a way. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> what I admired about you is you've, you've never, well, as far as I know, you've never deviated. You've stuck with what, work for you I just wondered what the history of that was whether you did ever because I'm sure in your you know if you were swinging like that in your earlier days a lot of coaches probably would have told you to uh, kind of change it but you, you've stuck with what works for you yeah I um, I developed developed that when I was much much younger um, you know, I didn't really get any coaching when I started so uh, that's probably a good advertisement for kids really to go and get some coaching <laughs> looking at that swing <laughs> yeah I think uh, I started with that and um, you know, by the time you've you know you've uh, you've hit a lot of balls and you've built a lot of uh, patterns, you know, uh, in your body uh, physically, you sort of um, you get to that point where it's pretty difficult to to change anything. So I sort of I play I did after playing a few years on the European tour my last year in '09, I tried to change it um, and just lost my way completely. Uh, you know, so that was that was a lesson to me, and I came back and. Um, the following year, I worked, started working with uh, Michael Jones at Sanctuary Cove at the Gold Coast, and um, you know he's a golf professional there, but he's got a lot of um, uh, expertise in sort of human movement and so on. So he's been a great asset to me, where he sort of said, "Look, you know, you can you'll probably be in a wooden box before you straighten it out. Um, you've hit so many balls, and that's what you know, and that's what your brain knows." So uh, the thing to me was then to forget about the backswing so much, but try and work harder on the downswing, um, and you know, fortunately, um, you know, working with him, I've been able to uh, get myself into a position in the downswing where, uh, you know, if I'm if I've got a reasonable feel going, I'll, I'll hit it quite straight, very straight, and I can move it both ways just by altering one or two things slightly, very slightly. So, um, you know, it's been been great to be able to work with Jonesy and and uh, you know add that to my game, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much where it all stemmed from. Matty, when you, I'm fascinated by it's a really interesting insight into. Um, you know, an element of the game that has kind of completely confounded some players on the way through when they try and find something and they can't, and then they can't rediscover what that feel that you talk about, what they had beforehand. Did, did, was that an easy thing for you? Once you once you said you, you kind of lost it for a little while there, yep. was it an easy thing for you to rediscover, you know, what had worked for you prior? Yeah, uh, it was it was di- it was different because I sort of almost then felt I was close to being in between, mm. um, in between you know what I was trying to work on and you know what I already had. Um, but you know just going and seeing Mike, he sort of you know pretty pretty much straightened that out for me. You know in my head straight away and said, look, you know uh, it's it's not going to happen, mate. You're not going to swing the club up and down the line beautifully. You know like Ernie Els or Steve Elkington or someone. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Um, if it does. It'll take a long time, and you'll probably lose more feel. So uh, it was diff- it was difficult at the time, but not long into working with Mike, I sort of got a feel for getting my ball going both ways, and uh, you know, and 
then it became more of a focus to me of, of that downswing was the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if you watch Jim Furyk, um, you know, I've sort of taken a lot of heart from what he does. Uh, you know, he's, you know, he's got that same move sort of on the, you know, that awkward backswing, but, you know, you look at what he's done in his career, he's been an incredible pitcher and chipper and putter, um, you know, which is some of the stronger parts of my game as well. But um, to see him technically through the ball, you know, from, say, two and a half feet behind the ball to, you know, two and a half, three feet past the ball, you know, he'd be in your top top handful in the game. So, you know, and that's why he's been able to sort of ball golf courses to death, I guess, with, you know, uh, straight play and, and good ball control. So, you know, sort of watching that has probably been a, a good thing to see as well. And, of course, he was coached by his father right from the start, and he's never tried to change it so mm. it's a it's a good advertisement yeah. if you've got a, a slightly unusual or unorthodox because we we see a lot of players come out of the the colleges and the the elite programs now as amateurs and they, they all sort of swing the same don't they you know like to a large degree. yeah absolutely it's very uh they're trying to well you know streamline it and that now i guess there's a lot of um you know certain moves and things that they that they work on and they, you know and that's and that's great the game has changed so much and you know um equipment and so on and you know golf balls everything and the players are you know they're physically stronger now earlier uh you know and they're trying to really drive a lot of the players that come through whether it's you know college programs or whether it's you know our state and golf australian programs you know getting the best physical condition and the best coaching they can get so um you know that's that's all part of it but uh you know, I'd trade some of those guys, I think, for their, for their golf swing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, we really appreciate this. You've stayed up really late to take our call, uh, and we we yeah, thank no you worries. from the bottom of our heart. Last one, uh, would you did, do you agree? I, I made a, a point, I made a bit of an assertion earlier that um, without even asking you whether last year was the best year that you'd, you'd ever had as a pro, I don't know whether you agree or yeah. disagree with that. Is that a fair um, comment? Yeah, I think result-wise, it's it's a toss-up between that and 2015. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had an amazing year that year as well, but um, probably made more prize money last year. Yeah. Um, Is there a reason for so, it, Matty? Do you, do you put it down to anything? Is it? We like to think that there's reasons for why these things happen, yeah. but sometimes it's just, you know, um, it just it all falls together. Was it something different that you did? Or yeah, I, 2014, I went back to the uh, qualifying school in Australia for the first time in, oh, I don't know how long, 10 or 11 years at least, um, the end of 2014. And uh, I sort of, I was a bit flat with it all and just trying to trying to work out, you know, why I was, you know, why, why I wasn't getting the results I wanted. Um, and I just sort of, I just was talking with my coach, Mike, and, you know, we just sort of talked about a lot of things and I just... It just hit me, and I sort of had a had a bit of an image, really, of um, you know of, of some of the other players out there, and you know just looking at guys like you know who you know they're probably not like Ian Poulter is probably a great example. The guy's he's not he's an he's an outstanding player. Yeah. He's probably not the first guy you think of when you go who's the best ball striker out there, or you know who's the who's the best putter, or you know who, you know he's probably not going to rate all the time in your top in top three or four, but just looking at what he does and the belief that he has in in what he does, I think that's sort of where I was falling down. Uh, I wasn't, you know, sort of almost in a sense part-time believed. Yeah. Um, you know, and then 
you get into awkward situations, well not awkward situations, but more pressure type situations where you were playing really well going into Saturdays and Sundays and, you know, you, you'd, you'd finish up there but I hadn't really finished any off. Um, you know, and just completely just flipping in my own mind where I was at and going the opposite way and that just turned everything. Um, you know, I just... All of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, you're you're finishing tournaments strong, and you're building and building and building, and you know, then of course you win, and you know, and then you're contending every tournament just about, and you know, I think that year I had a win in four seconds, and um, you know, uh, eleven top tens out of fourteen events, and yeah, so um, you know, that was pretty much the when it all it all changed, you know, where I went from sort of, you know, just being a a, a golfer who might have played somewhere else, you know, on the European tour for a bit, you know. I reckon I'm a far better player now than what I was 10 years ago when I was playing there. So, um, you know, but having said that, a lot of players are far better as well and, you know, the younger players are much better than they were then. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot to... There's a lot that, you know, goes with it. But I think that's just sort of, for me, where it all changed. Yeah, it's um, awesome. Just, it wasn't wasn't technical. You know, it wasn't wasn't anything in my putting. It wasn't anything in my swing. Um, you know, I had all, all that same stuff. It was just how I applied it. And how I thought about it, and and what, and how I saw myself, I guess. Do you get a little um, photo yeah. bomb? Do you get your caddy to uh, do a photo bomb with Tiger <laughs> on the putting green or something? You know, just sort of get him to stand in front of him look or something. Me, look you at know. me! Look at me! Here's me yeah. and Tiger <laughs> at uh, Mexico City. He'd be a bit stroppy, so uh, <laughs> he'd be a bit stroppy. I think so. We might just we might just leave the Tiger alone. I think. But, Mate, if you if, um, if you're in the fight, sure just have the locker room. Face on. Take it out. Just do one thing for us. If you're in the final group with him on Sunday and you're tied, you're tied for the lead, can you wear the black strides and the red shirt just to really annoy him? Yeah. Just do that for us, will you? That'd yeah, awesome. that'd be a good start, wouldn't it? <laughs> Mate, you've been really generous yeah. with your time. Everybody over in this neck of the woods, as I'm sure you know, is um, you know super amped that you're, you're in this field and um, such has been the run of uh, results that you put on the board last year. You thoroughly deserve it where... Uh, we can't wait to see you stack up against the world's very best, Matty. We appreciate your time on Inside Thanks, the Ropes. Thanks for coming on. Good no on worries. Appreciate you having me on. Thank Good you. on you. Matthew Miller, what a great story. He's turning up with the world's very, very best in the WGC Mexico Championship starting our time on Thursday. Uh, good story, that. We'll get a break out of the way here on Inside the Ropes. More after this. Hi, I'm Minji Lee, and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian Golf's National Junior Program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. MyGolf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. So, if your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au. I don't know. I guess, as I said, there's maybe something in the air here. <laughs> no, we love coming down under, and we really enjoy our time here. And, you know, my dad, uh, I just got off the phone with my dad, and he's like, well, congratulations, you're part of the Corda Slam now. <laughs> so that was funny. That is the, the voice of Nelly Corda, who what we spoke about the off the top slam. of the show. Yeah, the Corda Slam's it's a got nice, a nice thing, ring to it. Yeah, there it? you go. That'll work. That'll work. Beautiful. Um, so last uh, little bits and pieces, we welcome you back to Inside the Ropes. Um, Matt Kucha has backed down, mm. has realised that uh, it's taken a little bit of while, uh, taken a little while, unfortunately, for him to realise the kind of ethical error of his ways, having won... Um, in Puerto Rico, and it's decided it was Puerto Rico, wasn't it? I can't remember now. Was it Puerto Rico? He won? Yeah, I think it I think was. It was Puerto Rico. Uh, paid the local caddy 
peanuts, even though he wanted. So he didn't have his regular caddy, no. so he uses a, a local guy mm. from the club, I presume. Mm. Guy called David Ortiz. Yeah, so people know the problem. Sure, they so know normal that. caddy uh, payment for winners say five percent, mm. ten if they're a you know kind of like a a, a permanent. So that'd be fifty grand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He got five. Mm. Mm. Not a good look. No, it's a bad look. So I think Lukuchi's. He has issue. been smashed. So he has, and the last person who was still standing by him was Brandel Shambly, who. Um, I, yeah, I just hope Bandle Shambly can read putts better than he can read some of the fringe issues that exist yeah. um, just beyond the score lines in, uh, and golf courses because he's got a couple of his takes. And he's changed um, his mind anyway, hasn't he, uh, uh, Kucher? He has, absolutely. He's, so He's stepped up to the plate. He has. Um, what do you think of shorts? Well, I've, I've been, haven't we been all agreeing that this is a ridiculous old school way for too long now? So the PGA Tour have just announced that uh, they will allow players to wear shorts in practice, on practice days and pro-ams mm. well, starting this week. Yeah, but here, here. Which the European Tour did, I think, last year. And I think the PGA of America, who run the US PGA Championship, mm. uh, they did it last year or the year before as well. Why? Can, can you... Well, the next step is the next sensible step. Let them wear shorts in tournament play if they wish. Yeah. I mean, can anybody explain to me why, other than the fact that I oh, know we're, yeah, it just we're, we're it's just the way we do it. Brand is that the explanation? Well, I don't know. Some I mean, sort of brand. Well, everybody, everybody is uh, is embracing Phil Mickelson with a relish that has not been seen uh, around Phil Mickelson for a long time, given the fact that he has displayed his uh, extraordinary calves to the world. It's become a Twitter <laughs> sensation. So if you've got calves like that. Show them, show the world the calves more often, I say, Blake. Did you see the flop shot that Nicholson hit over <laughs> the did. grandstand? I did. Oh, he's wonderful. He's ridiculous. So, uh, are you... Uh, I know I'm, we're I'm happy for shorts in practice. Not tournament in, play? Uh, tournament play, yeah. I'd say yes, uh, if you're in an extremely hot climb. Well, ha- what's a better look? Wearing shorts or making them wear strides in a hot climb with heavy and high humidity and they get the sweat stains down there. <laughs> There's nothing worse. That is a far worse look than a bloke with with podgy sort Someone of legs. into the old flares too. <laughs> Just, What's wrong with Jordan Spieth, Andy? Jordan Spieth. Well, Jordan Spieth can't get out of bunkers. Oh, Jordan Spieth can't get out of bunkers at the moment. So he had 81 in the final round at Riviera. He's had five shots on 10. So he's driven it into the bunker uh, back right or pin high right. Shots. Five bunker shots. Did yeah. he go back and forth? I didn't see No, he, he, go knocked, back he went forwards? one, two... Three, four back in, five out. So he had three in the first one, four went into the bunker on the other side, five came back into the bunker before he eventually got out. So every now and again... He's ranked 24 in the world now. Are you worried about that? I think it's a bit of a worry. Okay, well, I'm going to give you another one. Well, let's let's put... He hasn't had a top 10 since the the Open Championship last year. Well, Well, given the fact that it's early in the season, we should, until maybe the the week leading into the first major, we should be allowed to have a watch this space segment. Mm, we should yeah. initiate this now. So if there's yeah. something about watch one of the great po- Yeah. So you're going to put it, you're watching Jordan Spieth. Yeah. You think that the the renovated hair line might be affecting in an, in a, in a, in a, <laughs> a Samson S kind of negative way. He should have just let it, cause he's had the, he's had the he's alterations himself. Done. He has, he's had some work done. Yeah. And he's been terribly worried about it for two years. Every time he takes the cap off, the first thing he does is adjust yeah. the feathers 
and now he's I've gone. I've heard and, him comment about it as well. Yeah, good luck to him. I mean, you know. If such and such has got more hair than me. Yeah, or, all know, of that. Yeah. So he's done something about that. Being, one of those guys has been going bald since he's about 20. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to watch Jordan Spieth. I'm watching yeah. Rory McIlroy, and I'm, I'm, I'm putting this on Justin Ray, who uh, is a senior researcher with the Golf Channel, and it's a, a tweet I parked, oh, God, about a month ago now. Rory McIlroy, this is Justin Ray's work, so I'm not plagiarising. Rory McIlroy has been either first or second entering the final round of a PGA Tour event six times since the beginning of 2016. He is winless in those events and has a final round scoring average of 72.5. Wow. So it's just one of those little – to watch this space, if, if you remember that tweet and you hadn't seen that stat before – and you're watching Rory McIlroy, who I know John Huggins still believes to this day is without shadow of a doubt the best player on the planet. He may have changed his tune recently that I'm unaware of. And I apologise to Yagi if you have. But if you're bearing that stat in mind, next time Rory's one or two going to the final round, let's just watch this space and see what he does. Well, how many majors has he won, Rory? Off the top of your head. Is it six. three, four? Six, isn't it? Is it six? Oh, no, maybe not. No, no. But f- Four years ago, mm. if you'd said now that he is where he is, is it four? You'd, it's you'd, four say, right? you'd say you're absolutely crazy. Yeah. Well, you would have thought so. Absolutely. Um, by the way, the Kucha Caddy saga happened at Maricopa, of course, in Mexico, not in Puerto Rico. Ah, so, okay. Uh, just jump, I'll just double check that up. Um, well, heck, yeah, give, so, me the, give me the Rory Majors. So Rory Majors four. Four. But the last one, 2015. So, sorry, no. 2014 was the last one, PGA Championship. There you go. So five years ago, almost five years ago, he won his fourth major, and he still hasn't got the fifth one. You would you would never have picked that at the at the time. So, uh, you're, who are you? Are you more worried about Jordan, or you're more worried about Rory? Well, at least Rory is is up near the top. Mm. He's not taking a quad bogey mm. uh, like Spieth. So I'll let's, worry about Spieth. Let's watch his space with both of them. Good luck to uh, Jake McLeod, who's playing the WGC in we, Mexico. We should have mentioned week. that. Yeah, by virtue of one and two on the along order with of along with Maddie, Maddie Miller. Yeah, no, that's yeah. great. Um, good to spend some time with you, big fella. Great, mate. Go and have a lie down and have a good sleep. You deserve a break. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, everybody. That's it for uh, Inside the Ropes, episode number 90. Uh, We'll be back next week to do it all again.